Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned. We're going to be talking a little bit about attachment styles. Talked about it before. Important to hit because it's really good if we all know what our attachment style is. It's a loose working concept, but it helps us understand who we are what to expect, but more importantly, drum roll, what our work is within relationships. So what is this whole attachment thing that people talk about? Uh, basically based on all the relationships we've had, starting with our early lives and then every relationship that occurs after we start to develop an internal working model, which means expectations. We develop expectations that we project onto current and future partners based on our historical experiences, meaning every relationship we've been a part of sets us up, sets us up to expect certain things from our current and future partners, positive and negative. If we've had a lot of issues with trusting people, consistently being let down, well, understandably, we are going to assume and expect more of that. Now, we want to understand our attachment style so that we can not buy into our thinking. Oh, there's so much to say about this. Um, a lot of discussion and research on the difference between intuition versus trauma. A lot of people confuse those two things. They'll say, oh, well, you know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. I got to listen to my gut. I got to listen to my intuition. A lot of times what it really is, is your trauma speaking. Our brains, God bless them. You know, that's an, actually our brains are a good example of can't live with them. Can't live without them. Can't live without them because we'd literally be dead. Can't live with them because our brains always, most out of the, most of the time, nine times out of ten, they do us wrong. They do us dirty. Yep, brains do us dirty. We buy into our thinking because it's so real. I'm thinking this. I'm experiencing it in my body, in my head. Of course, it's real. It's like memory. You you have an image in your mind. There it is. How could that not be true? But memory fails us. Memory is often wrong. Memories in you know, first off, memory doesn't live in one solid place in your brain. When you remember something or retrieve a memory, you're pulling from multiple places in your brain and all the experiences you've had since that memory, I'm sorry, all the experiences you've had since the event occurred will change your memory related or unrelated. And the mood you are in when recalling a memory also changes and impacts the memory. We can't rely on our thinking just like we can't rely on our memory. It's always being updated. The mood we're in when we recall it impacts our experience and how we think, feel, and remember, but our thinking and feelings the same way. 
Sorry, we can't buy into what our thinking is. Our brain uh, catastrophizes always. Our brain has a negativity bias, which means it always assumes focuses on the negative. And our brain has a prediction bias based on prior experiences, but they feel so real. It feels so true. Nope. We're often bringing the past into the present. So we have to always interrogate our thinking. We've talked a lot about that, but understanding our attachment style helps us understand the assumptions we're going to make that aren't rooted in reality or often aren't really what the person's actually doing. And it's us making assumptions. And so that's why you have to understand, am I securely attached? Am I anxiously attached? Am I avoidantly attached? And that will help guide us. Um, so we're going to kind of break all that down. You want to understand where you're at. You also want to understand where your partner's at to understand what they might need from you. Because in relationships, we're trying to make everyone feel safe. We're not trying to make anyone feel threatened, jealous, insecure, um, or bad. So understanding ourselves in that way and understanding others in that way really helps us direct what we should be thinking, focusing, and doing. It's important stuff. It's a game changer. It can change entire relationships. But again, our, our brains are going to do us wrong. And that's why we're always interrogating our thinking and our feeling. We're not assuming what I'm thinking and feeling is rooted in reality or is the truth. Because often it's not. It's often negatively, but negative biased, catastrophized, and rooted in the past. So it's often not our intuition or our gut that's communicating in that moment. That inner voice is often related to our trauma. And if you're anxiously attached, you'll be hearing one thing inside. And if you're avoidantly attached, you'll be hearing something else. Just like if you're securely attached, you'll hear yet something else. So we'll talk about those different styles, break it on down. More importantly, talk about what it is we're ideally trying to create so that you have the vision in your mind and we could be moving towards that. Because as always, mental health is about being guided by your values and what it is you're trying to create, not being guided by your feelings. Our feelings are often wrong. Our feelings are often catastrophized, dramatized, amplified, rooted in past traumas. So we're not feeling from our feelings. We're not living from our feelings. We're acknowledging them because we're never denying or illegitimizing them. We're not amplifying them, but we don't act immediately on them. We first say, hold on, this is what I'm feeling. Is that true? Do I have any information to support that? What is my attachment style most likely telling me? That's what healthy people do. They work with it. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about that. And of course, we'll be doing uh, some DMs. So if you've got a question for us, topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show is always over at over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, share. Lots of good stuff over there. Um, otherwise, we got some unlearning and relearning to do because every healthy person knows what their work is. So we're trying to identify. All right, we'll be back. Stick around, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back and we're talking about how our brains do us dirty. What does that mean? I know, because if we think it or we feel it or we remember it, it's got to be true. It's got to be rooted in reality, but rarely what i know your brain has a negativity bias so it's slanted towards the negative that's a protective mechanism your brain catastrophizes that's a protective mechanism and our brain has a prediction bias it wants to predict it wants to take historical past events dump them into the present so much so that you're not actually experiencing the thing in front of you or the person in front of you because we're so caught up in our brains trying to be like, okay, I know what that is, that's this, and that's what that is. And it's always telling us who this person is, what their motives are, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and it's wrong. It's assumptions. We think it's our intuition, but often it's just our trauma. So what does that mean? Well, it means we have to understand our attachment style so we know what our assumptions are gonna be so we understand what we need to be working on. And we also have to hold space for saying, is that rooted in reality? Let me actually be in the current moment. It's all about coming back to the current moment when you're upset or dysregulated. But we're talking about attachment styles. There's secure, there's anxious, there's avoidant. Those are the three main ones you have to worry about. Um, Now, before we break down what those are, I wanna start very globally. What is it we're trying to create? What is it we're looking for in someone else? So if you're in a relationship currently, I'm going to drop on you four things that you're trying to work on creating for your partner. This is also what you're wanting them create for you. And if you're dating, this is what you're looking to see to decide, is this person healthy enough to be in a relationship with me? If they're not doing these things, then they're either uninterested or they've got some attachment issues. And ideally we're looking for and trying to create what we call a secure attachment. That's what we're looking for, that's what we're trying to be, that's what we're trying to build. There are four traits. So this is what you're trying to do yourself, this is what you're trying to get from your partner, and this is what you're assessing in potential partners. Consistent, 
available, reliable, responsive. Again, you want to make sure you are being consistent, you are available, you are reliable, and you are responsive. You're also trying to find that in a partner. If your partner's not consistent, not available, not reliable, not responsive, either they're not interested or they're not healthy enough to be a partner because they're not able or interested in having a securely attached relationship. So when someone's like, I don't know, I'm dating this person. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, are they consistent, available, reliable, and responsive? Nope. Well, you can try asking for that. And if it doesn't or can't happen, then it's time to bounce. But I say to them also, are you being that kind of partner in your 10-year marriage? Because that's what your partner needs from you. And that's what you request from them. Consistent, available, reliable, responsive. That's the goal. That's what we're looking to do. That's what we're looking to create. That's what we're looking for. That solves and helps many people make decisions about their current dating life or whether or not they stay in a current relationship. Ask for it. It's all about having needs. In fact, expressing needs is a way we assess the health of our partner in the relationship. What happens when I have a need? Ask for those things. And if they're refusing to or can't, it's time to go. Or do some couples work if it's a relationship that is important to you. So I know those those traits over and over. Repeat it. Burn it in your brain. Um. All right, moving on. What else do we need to understand? There's a lot to this. The amount of um, science behind all this interpersonal neurobiology and attachment, all that, it's quite profound. Affective neuroscience, interpersonal neurobiology, um, um, psychomotor, psychotherapy, um, somatic work, somatic experiencing, all this stuff. So, you know, all this emotionally focused therapy. All this focuses around relationships and attachment because the same needs we had as a child on our parent are the same needs we have as adults on our primary partners. The same. We don't outgrow it. We're not trying to outgrow it. Toxic individualism thinks that, tells us that we have to do it on our own, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, can't, you know, can't count on others. Not true. And that's toxic. In fact, we do rely on others. We are dependent on others. And that's actually healthy. And healthy adults that have a secure attachment are available, consistent, reliable, and responsive. They like that. They understand that co-regulation is better than self-regulation. They understand that we're stronger for having others there. The key touchstones also within attachment that we're trying to create and look for are a secure base and a safe haven. And I would say that to partners, are you providing that for your other? Are you a safe haven? Are you a safe space for them to come to and return to where you are consistent, available, reliable, and responsive, and they know they can turn to you and you're there for them? And are you also a secure base, which means do you also, your mere presence in their life, does that help motivate them and give them the confidence to go out in the world and do what they need to do? That's what you're looking to do. That's what you're looking to create. Be a safe haven and a secure base, a place for them to turn to in difficult times and also a motivator and someone who builds their confidence and helps them go out into the world and do the things they need to do, which is why after coming out of a relationship, we feel weak and fragile. We lost our safe haven and our secure base. We are weaker and worse off because we no longer have that healthy person. This is assuming it's a healthy relationship. We no longer have that healthy person who has our back. We are better and stronger because of it. We need others. So that's the goal in all of this. And a lot of couples issues are when they feel as though literally or symbolically like they've lost their partner and they protest. But the way we go about protesting that disconnection often gets in the way and we need to find better ways to say, Hey, I don't feel like you're there for me. I feel disconnected and try to work on just getting reconnected versus acting out all that other mess. Um, 
And that's something that's with us through our entire lives. We never outgrow that, nor do we need to. Healthy people are open to that. Healthy people seek that. Healthy people provide that. We're not trying to be in relationships of deprivation. We're not trying to be in relationships with low intimacy. We're not trying to be in relationships where no one has each other's back. I say this every single show. You, every Anyone in your life is in your care. You are responsible for anyone who's a part of your life. I don't care if they're an employee. I don't care if they're a friend. I don't care if they're just a colleague. They're in your care. When we're in a healthy, committed relationship, we also want to have each other's owner's manual. We want to know what wounds our partners have so we can keep them safe. We don't learn their wounds to hurt them. We learn their wounds to make sure we don't ever step into that. We also know it makes our partners feel loved and we're willing and wanting to offer that. If not, you have resentment and you need to go work on that. Because in a healthy relationship, we want to do what needs to be done to make them feel loved and we withhold doing the things that we know wound them. So healthy partners know what makes them feel loved and knows where their wounds are. And they take that seriously. We're going to come back, talk more about it. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we're back talking about attachment styles, which are basically the basic core, core elements of human relationships of all kinds. We're talking about how we are trying to create we are trying to look for, we are requesting the elements of a secure relationship, which are consistent, available, reliable, responsive. We are learning what makes our partner feel loved and doing as much of that as possible. We're also aware of what their wounds are and we are trying to protect those wounds. If you do not have that kind of relationship, then it might be an, an emotionally abusive relationship or one of a lot of distance and no intimacy or one of a lot of conflict. And so do some work, work on that y'all because our mental health is tied to the health of the relationships we're part of, our kids as well. Even if you're not fighting in front of the kids, they're picking up on your moods and you're not as available to them. And they need to be around healthy, anchored, secure adults, not people that are you know, struggling and miserable. Parenting's not about being perfect, but we need to be just like we do as adults with our kids, we need to be consistent, available, reliable, responsive. If you're dealing with a mood disorder or problematic relationship to drugs and alcohol, you are not available to a child or another adult to be consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. Therefore, a healthy relationship can't happen and clearly is not, and work needs to be done. Those are the elements. So are you someone who's not able to offer that because of things going on in your life? Well, then please take a break from all these important relationships and do some work. Go to rehab, get into some therapy, whatever you need to do. Um, okay. So the most important relational role is to create enhanced security in our partners. That's what we really want to do. We want to feel safe. We want to make people feel safe. And, um, our work is about leaving partners better off from having been in our lives. Imagine that, that you being in someone's life for however short it is that you make them better off somehow, not harder, not worse, because again, our mental health is tied to the people we're spending time around how they treat us. We internalize that. So again, we want to be available. We want to allow them to be dependent upon us. Adult relationships are just like child-parent relationships. There is a dependency, not to anyone's detriment, but we are dependent upon people. That is human nature. We, we cannot exist without. Isolation is one of the most toxic things. Also, we want to be comforting and be comforted, and we want to empower and encourage. Imagine that if you, focus it, if you focused on being the kind of partner or parent or friend that empowers and encourages. That's your role. Yeah, I wish we took that more seriously. I wish we had to go through a class before we were allowed to have social relationships. Wouldn't it be amazing if we taught this in school and practiced it? Who cares about arithmetic? I have a, I have a calculator on my phone, boo-boo. I don't need to know how to do high, high multiplication stuff anymore. Got my phone right here, we're good. Let's learn some relational skills. 
Um, also, you want to boost their self-esteem. Another zinger. Imagine that. Imagine if as a parent, your role was to empower, encourage, and boost your child's self-esteem versus trying to make them in your image versus trying to center their lives in what you want or you need or your happiness. Nope. Often being a good parent is you aren't happy because your child's living their life and you're supporting that. But that's what we do as adult partners as well. When you support your partner in doing things to your detriment, that's the biggest act of love, care, and commitment. Hey, bums me out, puts me out a little bit, but I know this is what you want and need and I support it. That is love in action. Because remember, love and relationships are verbs. They're not things we have, they're things we do. We have to be doing love. We have to be doing relationship. We are relationshiping. If you're not doing all these things, you might have proximity, which means your bodies are near each other because you sleep in the same bed, move around in the same house, but there's no, there's no relationship. Those are actions. You have to work on being consistent, available, reliable, responsive, letting them be dependent, comforting them, empowering, encouraging, and boosting their self-esteem. That is what we're trying to do. Also what we're looking for. Because remember, every moment counts. So in early relationship, early dating, express needs, see if they can handle you having a need, go to them to see if they can be a safe haven for you in difficult times. Are you more confident out in the world because they're in your life? Are they a secure base? Those things are what matter more, not how hot you think they are, not how tall they are, not how much money they make. None of that matters. But yet that is what people are so obsessed with, not relationships ego life support systems because we don't feel good enough on our own. And we're wondering what people would think if as a girl, our male partner was shorter than us. Time to be better than that. Toughen up your ego a little bit. That's not how you find adult, long-term, happy, sustainable relationships operating or dating from that place. Look for people that have secure attachment. Look for people that make you better. Look for people who improve the quality of your life because they're in your life. That's what you're looking for. Um, all right. We're gonna get into some of the exact styles, how you know which one you are, and by identifying which one you are, then knowing what your work is as a person out in the world, because that's the most valuable part. We're not looking at our partner's behaviors, we're looking at ours first. Are we creating secure, attached relationships before we point the finger and worry about what they're doing? So we're gonna look at attachment styles. Yes, we wanna identify our partner's attachment styles so we understand them better and we know what their needs are and what they need from us, but first we're identifying ours so we can learn about ourselves. It's so hard to get people to do that. I always say this on my practice. I know we're doing good work with couples when they come in calling themselves out, not their partner. And they're like, hey, this is what I did that I'm proud of. This is what I did that I'm not proud of. This is where my work is. I'm like, we are doing good work now when that's the perspective. So think about it like that. We're always assessing ourselves first. All right, we're gonna do some DMs and then we'll start with them. We'll come back to the topic. So um, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And guess what? Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been talking to my boyfriend about getting plastic surgery. I've always wanted a nose job, maybe even a boob job. And I finally feel stable enough to financially make the commitment. Well, it was my birthday last week. And he got me a $5,000 gift card to get other plastic surgery done. Uh, happy freaking birthday, a $5,000 gift card can, uh, woo, that's a nice gift. You got, you got a very great boyfriend. Oh my God. I don't think anyone's giving me a $5 gift. What am I, I'm doing life wrong. Y'all hear that? A $5,000 gift card. Um, 
to get plastic surgery done. So I don't know that they have plastic surgery gift cards. Is it more just like a, you know, credit card gift card? Anyway, I digress. She said, I know he was just trying to be supportive, but it felt, oh, I felt a little hurt inside. The gift card he got me was for a tummy tuck doctor. I don't know. It just feels a little weird to me. And I tried to be thankful, but it kind of hurt my feelings. Am I wrong? I kind of like the way you're framing your question. Am I wrong? Well, it's not about right or wrong. <laughs> we need to step outside of that. Often we reduce things that are very complex down to, is it right or is it wrong? It's neither. That's not the question. That's not the framework. So we're going to step outside of that. Your feelings were hurt. We are never trying to deny shame or illegitimize feelings. And we're also not trying to dramatize, catastrophize, or crank them up and amplify them. We're just trying to have them be in the middle. Hey, that hurt my feelings. Okay, feel it. Then we don't want to not do some reality testing. So because you have access to this person, you can go and say, hey, it kind of hurt my feelings. And here's what my thinking was. And then let them reflect back what it meant for them and why they did it. And then update your thinking and feelings to match the actual reality. Impact and intent matter. So the impact wasn't hurt your feelings. So I'd want him to be so I'd want him to be able to help heal that by you going and saying it kind of hurt my feelings. And then he can say, Oh my God, I would never want that to be the case. I'm really sorry. I'll be more thoughtful next time. Here's what my intent was. And then he'll say, Maybe I knew you were talking about plastic surgery. I wasn't sure what kind you wanted or whatever it was. Maybe you mentioned a tummy tuck at some time point. I don't know. And you could say, So I really wanted to make you happy, and that's why I got that for you. And then you can say, Thank you. Good to know. I now feel better. I'm going to update my feelings to actually match reality. You weren't trying to make me feel bad or put me down, which is what you're thinking. Your feelings were hurt because you're communicating most likely that into him saying that he thought something was wrong with your stomach. Let him tell you whether or not he thinks that. Most likely it's not true and then you update your reality. It's not about right or wrong. Feel your feelings and then go to the person who hurt them, share that feeling with them and let them tell you what they intended or meant while cleaning up the impact by saying, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. I would never want to do that. And then we update our reality based on the truth. We don't want to have hurt feelings over things that aren't actually tied to something hurtful. And if you maybe mentioned a tummy tuck and he was just giving you what you thought he, what you wanted, I want you to translate that because we're walking away thinking he's saying there's something wrong with your stomach, but that might not be what he's saying. So again, feel your feelings. Don't deny them, but also don't crank them up and catastrophize them. You're disappointed. That's like a level two or three. Be disappointed. Five and above is for things that are violent or abusive. No abuse or violence happened. So you're in the zero to five range. You're disappointed and frustrated. Great. Make that known. And then update based on the reality of what he tells you it was about. That's mental health, flexible, adaptable. More importantly, we interrogate our feelings and thinking to see if they're rooted in reality. And then we update them adaptive and flexible. That's what we're trying to do. So I appreciate your question. And also, yeah, what an amazing partner to have. This is someone who tried to give you something they thought you'd want. Um, and if you trust your partner, you believe them when they update your reality, but my God, a $5,000 gift card. Ooh, not, not undermining the pain that that caused, but like, let's not forget that. That's such a powerful expression of love and care. A lot of people do not spend that kind of money. So anyway, circle back and let us know how that goes. You know, these are tough things, but it's often not about right or wrong. Don't make it who's right, who's wrong, thereby making someone the villain and someone the victim. Step outside of that in healthy relationships and just express your feelings, process it, let it get healed, check in on the reality and then update and we move on, you know? 
Happy birthday. All right, y'all, if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, and past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Otherwise, stick around, y'all, because we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back talking about attachment styles. Uh, we'll talk about it a few more times in the future too. It's really important stuff. Always new information, new research hits pop culture, different times. Um, this was in the news a lot, a little bit, some articles people are in IG on IG asking about it. So I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, just to kind of recap again, we're looking for consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. That's what we're trying to do in being create. That's what we're looking for in partners. Um, work on that. Um, and now we're looking at attachment and relationality. So are you secure? Are you anxious or are you avoidant? Now, none of these are solid and forever. These are works in progress. So you might identify as yourself in, uh, with one of these because of the relationship you're in now, but in a different relationship, you might've been different because we are relational. We are contextual. We should be different people in different relationships based on what we co-create, what our stuff and their stuff synergistically creates. So in one relationship, you might be a little more anxious where, hey, maybe a little more avoidant in another one. And we're working on being more secure. That's why we have to talk a lot about what does secure attachment look like so that you know what you're trying to do. Um, secure people effectively communicate. They have no anxiety about making their needs known because they think that their needs have worth and value. They've lived in a world thus far where people were like, hey, I hear you, I'll give that for you. So they have confidence and trust that their needs are legitimate and that people will help them get their needs met. Um, so they vocalize their needs. Hey, and I'd love to hear from you more. Hey, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they don't play games. Why? They know they don't need to. No secure, confident people play games. Secure, confident people aren't manipulative. They want to be with people that like them and that they like. They don't want to trick someone or trap someone. They don't want to have to convince someone. Games are, are played by people that have no self-esteem. They don't think they're worth being wanted by someone. And so they have to do manipulative, coercive things to get and keep someone. Run away from those people. Um, securely attached people, like I said, make their needs known because they're like, hey, I have a right to these things. They effectively communicate. They don't play games. They're all about uh, closeness. They're about togetherness. They don't shame that. They don't shame dependence. Um, they're, they're, they're very present, they're consistent, they're reliable. You never wonder what's going on because there's, no, there's nothing that communicates anything that's confusing. They're always, they say what they mean, they mean what they say, they show up when they say they will. There, there's no room to worry. There's no room to wonder. If they're interested in you, they make, they make that known. Be that kind of person. Look for that kind of person. Hey, I have a crush on you. They don't play games. They, when do they text you? Right away because they know you're happy to hear from them. They don't wait three days. They don't make you jealous. They don't try to do all this mess because they know and they, they interested people want, want signs of interest. They know that. Now, most people are not secure. There's different stats. Anxious people are always wondering, does this person like me? Anxious people are always afraid of being left or abandoned. Anxious people never quite feel secure. Is that you? Are you jealous all the time? Do you worry all the time? Do you feel insecure all the time? Do people or do you feel clingy? Are you really controlling? That's, are you, you know, 
anxious attachment feels anxious all the time. I don't know if they like me. I don't know if they like me. I haven't heard from them in a while. I don't know if I'm going to see them again. I don't know what's going on. Anxious people aren't confident. Anxious people don't trust other people. Anxious people are always waiting for someone to leave them or abandon them. Anxious people are always trying to be liked. Avoidant people don't want to want. It overwhelms them. They play games. They have cold feet. They're very picky. They, they want perfection and can't handle flaws. They focus on people's flaws because they're always wanting perfect. They minimize and downplay their commitment. They're always creating a little bit of space. They're never fully available. And they're really looking for the one. That's someone who's avoidant. They don't know how to just be present with who is. They don't know how to focus on good enough. They don't know how to really commit. They don't know how to celebrate the positives. Again, they play, they have cold feet. They're picky. They create distance. They're looking for, you have to know who you are and you have to know who you're with. Because if you're anxious, that's going to help us understand what your work is versus being avoidant. Because the work is different for all these different styles. None of this is to shame. None of this is your fault. These are working theories and predictions and expectations you have as a result of your early relationships and all the ones you've had since. People have trained you to trust them or not. People have led you to believe dating and relationships are safe or not. People have trained you to believe you can count on others or not. You're a victim to all of that, but it's your job and your responsibility to not keep living and acting and recreating that. Because anxious people literally usually through their behaviors because they're so anxious and they're trying to control and they're clingy and they're always jealous. They actually wind up losing people, which is their biggest fear because of the way they go about dealing with their anxiety. They create their biggest fear and avoided people. The same thing. They're never present. They're never consistent. They're always leaning out. They're always focusing on what's not there. They're always looking for better. They keep themselves alone. They keep themselves very single. Two anxious people dating tends to go well. Anyone dating someone secure tends to go well, but an anxious person dating an avoidant person is the worst configuration ever and probably not a good idea because the anxious person is always going to be leaning in and wanting more and the avoidant person is always going to be overwhelmed, running and leaning out. Horrible style. Those two people don't do well when they're dating. I don't advise it. It's very hard, but we want to identify ourselves. We know what the work is. We're going to talk more about that. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about different attachment styles so we can understand ourselves and our partners, what the work is, what we're looking for, who we're trying to be. Are we secure? Are we anxious? Are we avoidant? Secure people are effective communicators. They're confident in their needs. They make them known. They don't play games. They're all about closeness. They're consistent. They're present. They're reliable. Anxious people tend to feel or come off as clingy, controlling. They're always worried. They're always anxious. They're always jealous. They're wondering when they're going to hear from you. When are they going to see you? And avoidant people, they have cold feet. They're picky. They downplay commitment. They create space and distance. They're not as available. They're waiting for the one. They always focus on flaws. They just don't know how to be present. And we're understanding who we are so we know what our work is. We also want to understand our partners so we know how to be better for them. So what's the work if you realize you're one of the anxious people? Well, you would be best served by dating someone who's securely attached, which means there's never any room for worry because they say what they mean. They mean what they say. They always show up. They're very consistent. They're very reliable. They're very responsive. There's really no room to be anxious. That's ideally what you're looking for. Uh, not always possible, but that's ideal. 
Also, for the anxious, you have to learn how to date in a secure way. You want to try to fake it till you make it. What does secure look like? We talked about that. We'll talk about it a little bit more. That's what you're going to be trying to do, not, not doing the same thing you've been doing. We need new behaviors. So instead of focusing so much on your partner and when you last heard from them and how long it's been since you've gotten a text back, focus more on your own life. I say this lovingly, anxious people need to get a life. What do you want to be doing with that free time? Because if you're always worrying about where your partner is, who they're with, what they're thinking, where they're wanting, how long it's been since we've heard from them, you have too much downtime. Go focus on work. Go focus on passions. Go focus on friends. You have to stop being so focused on your relationship. Also, learn some healthy boundaries with yourself and with them. Start expressing some of your needs. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'd love to hear from you more. It'd be great if I could hear from you more often. An avoidant person won't like that, won't want that, won't do that. Good to know. Run. An avoidant person's not going to work for you. A secure person would be great. Thank you for telling me that. I like you. Of course I'll do that. That's what you're looking for. Be authentic. Don't try to be liked. Just be yourself. Risk losing someone based on you showing them who you really are. Also, don't assume the worst. Not everything is about do they like you and whether or not they're staying or going. They're focused and living their own lives. Don't turn everything into an assessment about their thoughts of you. Rarely does it have anything to do with that. If you haven't heard from them, it's probably because they're at work, busy. If you haven't heard from them, maybe they're out with their friends, what they sh- which is what they should be focused on. Don't act out that anxiety. Don't assume the worst. Don't jump to conclusions. Hold your thinking and feeling lightly. It's a working theory. Yes, the past has shown you that to be true, but that is your confirmation bias, which anxious people have. We have to be open to the person in front of us being the person they are and maybe proving us wrong. That's a huge one. Because the anxious people, remember our brains, they're all about predictions, not rooted in reality, tend to catastrophize, your trauma speaking, not your intuition and whatever they're doing. I haven't heard them in four hours. And in the past, that meant they were cheating on me. So you're off and running, but that might not be the case. We actually try to say, what's the evidence of that? Is that really what's happening? Let me wait and find out. It's all about soothing. It's all about calming. It's not about acting on a hair trigger. Go focus on other things. Learn how to allow some time and space. Be authentic though in what your needs are. Then the work for avoidance. Stay longer when in doubt. When in doubt, stick around in that relationship. Practice opening up and sharing more, building more intimacy, being more transparent. Stop focusing on imperfections in the relationship or in the other. Instead, focus on what you do like about them. Focus on what is working. Look for the great in others. Focus on gratitude. Um, Share more. Be more consistent. Compliment more. When fighting, also reassure to these people you're not leaving and you're still there because a lot of avoidant people really lean on that and they lean out and they allow a lot of space and they let their partners feel threatened. Make sure you're following through on plans and commitment. Avoidant people are not reliable. It's a real big tough one because remember, we're trying to be secure. We're looking for securely attached people. We're trying to date in a secure way and that means we don't really have to wonder because everyone's, everyone's very vocal, everyone's very honest, everyone's very present, everyone's very transparent. There's no room to wonder what that meant. If, if something wrong happened, we talk it out. If I ask or I have a need, they're willing to show up and, and give me that. That's what we're trying to do. But most of us are anxious or most of us, most of us are avoidant because the dating world is rough. We've been shown we can't necessarily trust or count on people, but we don't wanna keep making that assumption. We have to stay soft, we have to stay open. That's the work. 
for getting out of any relationship. When a relationship doesn't go forward or isn't as long-term as we want it, it's very easy for us to assume that that's just how it always is, that, that there's something wrong with us. But we can't keep taking the experience of one relationship and projecting it onto others and onto the future ones. It's not destiny. It's not promised. It's not reality-based. We don't know. So it's about staying soft and staying open. Because again, remember, what we're trying to do are effectively communicate, make our needs known, not play games, allow closeness and togetherness, be consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. That's what we're looking for, that's what we're trying to create. The anxious people have to focus on other things, not, not tracking their partner, not acting out on their anxiety, and the avoidant people have to lean in when they wanna lean out. They have to stay longer. They have to compliment and say more. You have to understand what your work is because a lot of people stay on autopilot. They reenact the same stuff over and over. They haven't learned new skills. They're not tracking themselves. Got to do the work. It's all about regulation. But we want to be in relationships with people that are healthy enough where there's not really a lot of room for those meltdowns. Um, all right, we're going to go back, talk more about this, and then we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM first, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. Always anonymous, always confidential, helping others as you're helping yourself, because whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be as well. So put those questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, and past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. All that good stuff is there. Otherwise, y'all, we'll be back. So stick around, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about attachment style. And I think what's really interesting is how attachment stuff definitely shows up in uh, our sex lives. Uh, anxiously attached people focus less on pleasure and more on their partner. And do they like me? Do I like them? And they're out of the moment. They're out of their bodies. Avoidant people focus on performance because they want to be perfect. They want to look a certain way. They're not in the moment either. They're not in their bodies. And they focus on outcome and performance. They are very, very perfectionistic, very critical. So if you're that person, your work is about focusing on pleasure. Your work is about, if you're anxious, your work is about um, not trying to be liked, but trying to be more honest sexually. Because anxious people just want to be like, they just don't want to lose that person and they abandon themselves. Start speaking up. Trust. Trust your partner. Be willing to disappoint and frustrate them based on what you need so that they can actually show you, you can trust me. I stick around when you let me down and frustrate you. We can't learn that trust if we don't step into that. We have to be willing to do that. And avoidant people, you have to let people attach to you. Stop trying to perform sex. Instead, create it. Connect. Be present with your partner. Um... Sorry, I was looking at something um, rooted in all of this. Because we're working on secure attachment, again, which means everyone feels safe, everyone feels cared for, and that security allows for higher levels of sexual honesty, more pleasure, because we're not trying to be liked, we're not trying to please. We already know that we are. We know that we can be ourselves. We know that our partner won't leave us if we let them down or disappoint them. So we take more risks. If you don't feel like you can be yourself or take risks, then you're either an anxiously attached person or you're with someone who's avoidant because you're afraid that they'll leave if you upset them. That doesn't allow for security. That doesn't allow for authenticity and sex and pleasure necessitate that. Sex is a bonding activity for humans. We want to be able to participate in that. We don't want to miss out on that. Um, 
bonding is one of the most intrinsic and essential survival strategies for humans. And that's why I'm always saying what we need from our primary caregivers, caregivers as children is what we need as adults from other adults. We never outgrow that. It's part of our survival, bonding with others. Um, we are hardwired to seek social contact, physical, emotional proximity to others. We always need that. And, you know, again, our past experiences of whether or not that's available and how safe that is, is what we take into the future, which means we don't really let people be who they are and see who they are. We make all these assumptions and it kind of gucks it all up. Um, but again, like I said, we want to create a, a secure base, a platform from which people can confidently go out into the world, knowing that we're there for them. Um, by, why would we want someone to feel more insecure or worse about themselves as a result of us being in a relationship with them. But that's what some people's relationships are rooted in, not empowerment, not, not rooted in empowerment and encouragement, but actually quite the opposite. Um, they thrive on making them feel bad. They thrive on keeping them anxious. That's, that's emotional and psychological abuse. Remember, we're trying to move away from that. That's why I'm often saying, if you don't want to do this for your partner, pause and ask yourself, what's that about? Uh, what work do I have to do? Or is this a relationship or someone I no longer should or could or want to be with? Um, there's something meaningful in a lot of things I talk about on the show. If you're like, yeah, but I don't feel like I'd want to do that for my partner. Don't just let yourself off the hook that quickly. Say, well, wait a minute. If I don't want my partner to feel good, if I don't want to prioritize my partner's needs, if I don't want them to feel safe, if I don't want to be available and reliable and responsive for them, then I, I'm probably either not healthy enough to be someone's partner and I have work to do, or this relationship has a lot of toxicity and maybe it's time to leave because we shouldn't be in relationships that aren't full of love. And that's why I'm okay with the high divorce rate. People want better now and people are leaving when it's time to go. I don't think it's a sign of people not sticking around and doing the work. I think it's the opposite. I think it's they're with a partner who isn't willing to do the work or they're realizing this has run its course or they're no longer settling for a relationship of deprivation. That's what I see. People that love their partner, people in healthy relationships stick around and they do the work. So you have to ask yourself, if why am I not helping to create the kind of relationship that's worth wanting to be a part of? Am I not creating a kind of relationship that's worth wanting to do the work so we can keep it? That's in there. What am I creating? Is it worth wanting? Is it worth my partner doing the work for it? Um, what's the quality of all this? And that's why we're trying to create those secure traits so that it's something we both want to be a part of. It's not to victim blame. Sometimes you are just with someone who's toxic or a narcissist and no matter what you did, it wouldn't matter. But that's not typically the case. And that's why I'm always saying we have to focus on ourselves first. What are we doing? What are we not doing that we should be doing? What are we bringing in? What is our part? It's a system. What are they on the receiving end of? What might I be doing or creating that makes them act in the ways I wish they weren't acting? How can I change myself first? And once you've done that work, then you can happily point the finger and say it's all them because I've done everything I can and everything I'm responsible for. But until then, alas, we can't. And we got to look at ourselves and... We all know that's painful. All right, we're going to go back and do some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, along with whatever topics you maybe want us to cover or hit. Love hearing from you. Want to make sure you're getting your needs met. So that, again, is the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And as always, past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline. Click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about the unlearning and relearning, and more importantly, the repetition. It's all practice. All right, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be right back. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right. These DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. So I started dating this guy, Jack. First few dates were really great. Got along pretty well. Okay. On the fourth date, he let me know that he's polyamorous and that he's dating another female. He was very kind with his thoughts and feelings, but basically asked if I'd like to be their partner. I feel like we did a question just like this one, right? I remember something very similar. Uh, never done anything like that. What if I don't like the other female? Yeah, we had another question like this on another show and it was pretty similar. And I'll say to you what I said to them when we were asked this earlier is, um, I, I want people that are poly to put that openly on their profile because for a lot of people that is a deal breaker and you know that and that's why you don't put it out there because you want to be given an opportunity to meet whoever you want to meet. But unfortunately, for those that are, it's a deal breaker, they should be given the opportunity to decide if they even want to go on a few dates. If someone's looking for a primary partner and you're in a polyamorous relationship, you are not, I, you are not able to provide that. And I want people to be open. I want people to put in their bios whatever important information they think they need to give others so they can give informed consent. If someone's going on a date with you based on limited information, then they're not truly consenting because they're not informed enough to consent because they don't even know what it is they're showing up to. That's important. 
And I tell you that from having worked with a lot of clients that have had this happen, where they're told the person they've been dating is poly down the road. They need to know that up front. That is an important part of this. People that are monogamous are powerfully monogamous. I support all relational styles and configurations, but don't start it off with manipulation. If you're poly, you put that out there and you let people that are interested and open and comfortable with that to match with you. But if you withhold it, you're withholding information and you're withholding it to manipulate. That is not okay. I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. It's like the, the disclosure of STDs and STIs. I want people to ask, when's the last time you were tested? What might I be coming in contact with? But people need to disclose. You have a responsibility to give people all the information they need. Otherwise, they cannot consent to a date or to sex with you if you're withholding information. You have to say to them, we're about to have sex. I need to let you know that I'm positive for and talk about the STDs or STIs you have, period. This is like that. People can't consent to sex or a date if they're not informed about what's possible and what they're showing up to. So that's a huge violation. So if you're not poly, you have a right to say not interested. And poly doesn't require you dating someone else's partner. And you shouldn't date or have sex with people you're not interested in. So this isn't the right match for you. And you shouldn't have to, even if you were interested, have any relationship necessarily with their other or primary partner. We're in a time where there's a lot of different styles. Poly means multiple ongoing relationships. So that shouldn't ever include you being in a relationship with this other person unless we're talking about a throuple. And that's really hard because everyone has to like each other the same amount and have their own individual relationships and collective relationships. Open styles are usually just about having sex with other people. I like that on dating profiles, people are putting poly, people are putting monogamy, people are putting monogamish. Let people know who you are and what you're looking for. We're not trying to manipulate. We're not trying to withhold. We're not trying to sell a dream. We're letting people honestly know who we are and what's possible. Otherwise, that's a red flag or maybe even a deal breaker to be tricked into a date with someone, to be attaching, not even knowing what the limits are. A lot of people want a primary partner. So if someone already has one, that's not going to help them figure out a primary. That's not going to help them know who they're spending Valentine's Day with. That's not going to help build a secure attachment. That can occur in primary and open relationships. I'm all for them. I support them. I've been in all different styles of relationships. I'm just saying people should have a right to know what they're coming in contact with. I was always advocate for that. That's part of mental health, sexual health, general care. So um, that should be made known. But sure, we should be asking as well. We should even be putting that in our profiles. Looking for single people only, not interested in poly, fully monogamous. Make your needs known as well. Ask questions, but more importantly, make necessary disclosures. Ask, also disclose. Anything else than that, you're all responsible for whatever havoc happens. You know, we got to be looking out for each other. Got to be looking out for each other. All right, y'all, if you got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. Past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Otherwise, focus on joy, rest, and pleasure. We need so much more of that. Work less. We're given 70% max, so we're not living in burnout. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to those around you. Um, as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.